0: And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, welcome.
2: All right, listen up.
1: Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE
2: back into the spotlight.
1: I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! Attention everyone. Welcome to the greatest wrestling program in the
2: world. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen.
3: It's the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, DKM, and j
2: What is up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast. A presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jay Cal. His name is Kevin Frazier. He's the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion and he's, uh, and he's here with me to talk to you about the National Wrestling Alliance, the news and information, NWA Power, NWA Empower, and the 73rd Anniversary Show. Kevin, my friend, my confidant,
3: my brother, how are you?
1: Whoa.
3: Oh, man. Outstanding. Glad to be here. Um, you know, welcoming everybody that's uh, in the chat. I just popped on there and... Uh, you know, what's up Willie, what's up Chris, what's up Jimmy, what's up Lutez, what would Lutez do, and I'm sure we're going to have more Terry, uh, I'm sure we're going to have more of the the peeps dropping in as uh, as the show goes on, and uh, just glad to be here, glad to be talking some wrestling, and uh, you know, glad to have a little bit of maybe some new lighting that, that actually looks really good on the you,
2: you look it good on the YouTube on
3: the YouTube. You
2: look great. You look like a dang old superstar over there. I'm trying to get my hat right.
3: Uh you know. Retired superstar, let's call it that.
2: Hey, whatever, man. I'm trying to put you over. This isn't putting <laughs> you over. I'll take it. I'll take it. This isn't putting you over, but I'm trying to put you over. There's a there's a there's a
3: pop the top? Yeah. Pop the top, it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh my gosh. There's the drink of choice here tonight, so again kick back and enjoy a, a cold beverage with us and uh, let's talk some nwa yeah yeah so so is me... asking if i brought enough for everyone absolutely i got a 12 pack in the fridge
2: well the cool kids are now drinking the bush light because they're the official sponsors of the national wrestling oh. alliance in st louis so i mean um,
3: Ooh, get if, that plug.
2: if you are a drinker which i don't think, kevin you're not drinking anymore
3: right Oh, uh-uh. I, re- I retired from drinking in uh, I think it was 2018.
1: So, if you, my last
3: sip,
2: if you do drink, get a drink, get a bush. Hey, if you
0: don't drink, and
3: Jay, are you getting a? Are you getting a plug for that? Is there? Is there? Are is there some royalties that I haven't been made aware of that we're that the show is now getting? No dog.
2: No one. No one's paying us for so. anything. If anything, Nick Aldous would probably pay me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, <laughs> but obviously you guys awesome. can you can see we're a, we're a dude down, we're a guy down, um, but DK should be joining us later in the show, so uh, don't worry. If you want to see someone with a sour puss looking mean, he will be back uh, hopefully later in the show. Um, but like, uh, I want to get to some of the news and information surrounding the National Wrestling Alliance. Because it's been a pretty hot week, and I mean that with the utmost respect, because you've got an all-women's pay-per-view that's is actually starting to fill out. You're getting some matches. You're getting some announcements on a weekly basis. You've got the world's heavyweight champion on the road, right? That hasn't happened in a very long time, and 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 then you got power. And we'll get to power in a minute, but can I just say? I don't blame the NWA for what happened on Tuesday. I don't blame the National Wrestling Alliance for fights, TVs, production issues. And I don't know if you're aware of this, Kevin, but they even had issues going live on Wednesday following. It was supposed to be at 3.05, then they pushed it to 3.15, and then they pushed it to 3.20. Excuse me, that's my local time, but 5.15, 5.20 for you on the East Coast. They couldn't get it right. They eventually got it on but I just I'm not real happy with
3: fight I don't like fight well you know I, I, uh, we, we, we chatted about it a little bit in the, in our little chat that we have together but uh, yeah I mean I always say you just don't know what's really going on in the back office of, of companies you never know uh, I'm going to make the bold assumption But no one wanted the show to start late uh, or on the wrong date. So I think we can all agree on that. But, you know, it it happens. And I think that, you know, hopefully as the NWA continues to rise uh, in its influence and in its viewership and its sponsorships, um, you know, they can get in a situation where these kinds of things would never happen.
2: Yeah, I mean that's, I mean ideally, right? That's what you would expect, that's what you would hope. Um, but uh, let's talk again. We're getting to some of the news in the NWA. For the first time in a very, very long time, we have the world's heavyweight champion out on the road, taking that ten pounds of gold, making towns, baby. You know, I used to criticize Nick Aldis quite a bit, and my biggest criticism is even though that we are in the middle of a global pandemic, and yes, I do understand that. I don't take that lightly whatsoever. But in the middle of a global pandemic, our world's heavyweight champion kind of vanished. And I mean, like, yes, he was on social media. I'm sorry, I'm just adjusting my seat here. I got this weird cushion over here. Uh, Yes, the world's heavyweight champion, uh, you know, made his appearances on fight, you know, did promotional materials and, and was a correspondent for some... MMA fights and boxing. Um, but his in-ring career kind of slowed down almost, almost to a halt. And I get that the NWA was in a weird place during this global pandemic. They weren't running shows. But I mean, it just... It, it didn't pass the sniff test, if you will, when you had Thunder Rosa, who was the women's world champion, out there defending that title anywhere and everywhere. You had even uh, uh, Trevor Murdoch well, excuse me, Trevor Murdoch was not champion yet, so I apologize. Let me take that back. You had you had Thunder Rosa out there defending the title. Opportunities came up, and Aldis, you know, took a few of them, but didn't take many of them. And he had a total of five defenses in 2020. In 2021, things also seemed to be stalling. We weren't seeing a lot of the world's heavyweight champion out there defending that belt until the NWA... Uh, Basically, the NWA machine started rolling again. We saw him out in Nebraska defending against Jason Strife. Uh, Then we saw the NWA return, and he he had a match against uh, Aaron Stevens. And then his third title defense, uh, I believe, was against Trevor Murdoch. The ball started rolling, but we still haven't seen a whole lot of the world's heavyweight champion out there defending the title. But that all changes. That all changes. Uh, I believe it's uh, this Saturday. In fact, I'm almost positive it's this Saturday. But now I'm going to source myself because this Saturday, our world's heavyweight champion uh, heads to Mid American Wrestling, you know, in Minnesota of all places, on August 15th at 5:30 p.m. And he's going to defend the 10 pounds of gold against a former UFC fighter. In fact, he was on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter, and I'm talking about the American Psycho, Stephen Bonner. Kevin, I know that you kind of follow the world of mixed martial arts. Do you? What are your thoughts about this guy, Stephen Bonner?
3: Well, that's interesting. I know nothing about Stephen Bonner. Uh, I'm not a big MMA guy. Uh, just it's just I early on in my wrestling career, I, I was also an MMA fighter, and I had to make a decision on kind of what path I really wanted to focus on. Uh, and obviously, I chose professional wrestling. Uh, mainly just cuz believe it or not watching watching two dudes go in there to knock each other out <laughs> uh, to see who has you know the biggest ego it just wrestling just to me sports is a is fun and again this does is not criticizing the MMA fans whatsoever i completely respect it respect the fighters respect what they do cuz it's not an easy thing uh but it's just not my cup of tea cup of tea, so to speak. Uh, you know, it's probably the same as you know. Some people like like football. Uh, I mean, some people like football, but I like <laughs> real football. Uh, so you know, again, it's it's an apples uh, it's an apples and oranges conversation. It's not my thing. But uh, now that I know this, uh, I'll definitely make a point uh, to check him out and figure out you know watch a few of what he's done. And and again, the big thing I I think that this does more than anything is, is you hear me talk all the time about believability and how important that is to wrestling and I think for Nick Aldis to take a match like this uh does a lot for the brand and does a lot for his title rate so I, I think that's pretty cool and
2: uh I knew I didn't know for sure if you knew a lot about Steven Bonner so I took the liberty of pulling up some information here about <laughs> the man and okay. he has several uh professional wrestling bouts in fact One of his first uh, matches was teaming with Moose of Impact to take on King Mo and Bobby Lashley. And uh, yeah, and uh, I know he had retired from uh, MMA. But I know that his mat, like his wrestling, kind of kicked off in 2017. He's not the most active professional wrestler, but I mean, he's wrestled all over the place. He besides working in Impact, he's wrestled in New Mexico. He wrestled for PCW Ultra, which is out here in Southern California, ran by our our good buddy uh, Joey Kabibo. You remember that guy, right, Joey Kabibo? Jo- Joey Kabibo, the what,
3: Sheik. What was the name of the
2: promotion? It, it's the Sheik. Uh, Oh, 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 the Sheik, chic chic.
3: like yeah. uh the did with Adam Pearce Sheik.
2: The the guy who stole the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. And, and his boy okay. uh
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: His boy who wouldn't fight you.
3: Okay, okay. Absolutely. No, I know who the Sheik is and and you know, like I say I, I I I haven't I haven't thought about Craig Classic since we talked about him last and didn't think about him before that. <laughs> but uh, you know, the Sheik and I have uh, the Sheik and I, though, though uh, Classic and I certainly are anything but there you know, are friends or even acquaintances. But uh, Sheik and I have some mutual friends. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, I respect the guy.
2: Uh, you and I can agree to disagree on this one. Uh, but Stephen yeah. Bonner also showed up uh, at the uh, Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas, uh, wrestling Sin, Sin Bodhi. Um, he'd, he's been, um, like I said, he's been around. He's, he uh, was back in Impact back in 2019, just a, a one-off. I mean, he isn't uh, like I said, he isn't like a an everyday pro wrestler. He, he he's kind of like a part-time pro wrestler. But uh, I just think it's cool, number one, that you know all this is out there wrestling, and you know as he had said on other podcasts, you know he's not out there just wrestling some. Nobody. He's not wrestling the pool guy.
3: Some, some, some ham sandwich to brony?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. He's wrestling a guy with a legitimate uh, background in mixed martial arts, as well as a guy who's been around the ring uh, more than once or twice. The guy's a legitimate 6'4", 205 pounds. So Aldis will definitely have some weight on him. But in terms of height, they're probably about the same size. And um, I really feel like this is great for Aldis. Because just getting back out there and getting those cadence again and getting in the rhythm of actually wrestling more than a five-minute match or eight-minute match is what you've kind of seen him do on power for the last few years. He hasn't really gotten out there uh, as recently and wrestled these longer matches, wrestling in main event matches. And when it gets to the 73rd anniversary, I think you're going to want to have some of that conditioning and some of those cadence in place because... If they go out there and deliver the same match they did in Charlotte, I I mean I'm going to I'm going to throw tomatoes at the NWA as I recommend right. everyone well, else And
3: well, in, in and all, in, in all fairness, like uh I really thought the tag match this week was a good match. I mean, I it wasn't a great match. Uh of course there's a, I, you know how big of a fan I am of Vanilla Vanilla wrestling in terms of you're on TV, you know, you, you got time to to pull something a little better than just the generic stuff. So it had a little bit of genericness to it for my taste, but at the same time, I felt like it was a really solid match. And I felt like all this looked good. But my, my thing is, is that one of the things that I always viewed all this, one of his strengths to me was always his physique. And I just have noticed that, um, you know, that's been an area that he's been, to me, seems to be have some issues with and then again i'm measuring him against his own standards not against uh somebody else's
2: i'm gonna leave the body critiquing to you because obviously you are a professional this is your livelihood a guy like me shouldn't be commenting on anybody physically but i will say this that i <laughs> i've noticed i noticed when he was in charlotte he still has that you know the same biceps he still, has, still has the same barrel chest He just didn't have that Wind right and that conditioning As yep. someone who used to be a, an Athlete who did wrestle In high school not professionally uh, I know how important Conditioning can be I know what Three minutes and six minutes feels like And I know that being in a match Whether it be a high school wrestling Gym or at Wrestlemania If you don't have your conditioning You're going to get blown up and you're going to look really really Bad so I I want to see a Nick Aldis who's in the best shape of his life, whose conditioning is great because I want to see the best version of Nick Aldis representing the NWA.
3: I, I can agree with that. And, and again, like uh, my, my uh, terminology or my, my word for this would be, he just seems a little soft. Okay. Uh, and again, it, it just, and then, and, and I think that the, the, maybe the layman, Person that say Does not and again, this isn't to, to down make me put me on some kind of pedestal. Oh, look, I know what you don't know. But no, just the everyday person assumes that, Oh, well, if you're in good cardio shape, you're gonna look good. No, and that just you know, I wrestled with so many guys that were in incredible shape, they didn't have a six pad, um, they didn't have the you know, what you consider a, a five star physique or whatever, the guys were in shape. Uh, so, that, that's a, to me, they're two different things. And, uh, and again, I know, I know that Nick Aldis knows what to do. And if for a guy that's only wrestled you know, a handful of times in the last couple of years, you think he has plenty of time to diet and be in the gym and, and have his body at its absolute best. Uh, I mean, you look at Tom Latimer and you just go, Jesus. I mean, you can see the difference when those guys stand next to each other that, you know, to me, they used to be peers in that area now I, I can definitely see I can see that Tom is starting to widen the gap that you know
2: so. you you just kind of hammered that home looking at Tom Latimer on that uh, on the on the uh, latest episode of power he looks like the complete package <laughs> yeah. you know he's you in, you've won me over shape.
3: he's in as good a shape as anybody in professional wrestling today. And there's some guys out there that are training. Uh, a lot of the guys in WWE train out here in Florida with the guy with a bodybuilding coach named. Uh, his name is AJ Sims. I may be wrong on that, but uh, you know it's, they're called the Cement Factory. You reserve a free plug for them. But uh, <laughs> I, I follow a lot of their Instagram stuff and a lot of their social media. And, you know, you look at guys like Tommaso Ciampa, Jackson Riker, uh, Elias, uh, Apollo Cruz. All these guys are working. Uh, with this guy and their their physiques are just through the roof and I would stand Tom Latimer right next to any of those guys and that's a huge thing for me to say so there we go so there you go <laughs> so a lot a lot, of, a lot of body talk but look man it's wrestling and and there's the look is the look is is a huge part of the thing and uh to me I, I don't ever discount it I don't downplay it. Because it is important and it does matter and it's part of the show. And do I think? I think Jay, you can answer this question, uh, this rhetorical question, very quickly. That do I think that every wrestler that every wrestler has to have a super body or anything like that? You know, I don't. It's just when that's your thing, when that's part of your image, it's something you have to uphold. Uh, and, it, and it is something that has to kind of kind of stay with it. A deathmatch wrestler, all of a sudden, does turn into uh, uh, you know a catches catch can wrestler. Uh, I guess unless you're Drake Younger. <laughs> Louis is back on the indie scene now.
2: Yeah, he's. We'll have a conversation later. I don't want to talk about it.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm interested. Now you got my attention sure the audience wants to know too. But. He's he's out here yeah.
2: in Southern California, I think next month, wrestling wrestling in a death match against a guy named Marvin who okay. Anyone out here in SoCal knows the name Marvin and instantly goes, "Oh Jesus, that guy." I wow. can't stress yeah, em- I can't stress enough. It's it's not good. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I, I mean, it is what it is. The guy's just getting back on the scene. Uh, that is his, uh, that is his roots. And and right now, deathmatch wrestling is is starting to, it's getting a lot of attention in the media. So, I'll I'll props to him. But he's a guy that I thought made a great transition from deathmatch wrestling to being one of the top workers on the indies for a good while. He so it can be done it, for sure.
2: And to your point, like we're talking about physiques and wrestling, like, and this is no slight, but you know. Bull isn't going to win any bodybuilding co- competitions, but the sure. animal could get in that ring and he could go. And, and, right. and he wasn't, you know, he didn't look like the uh, a, a guy who could go, you know, 10 15 20 minutes. But every time he was in the ring, like he didn't, you didn't see manimal sitting over there in a corner blowing up,
3: you know, like you've seen other guys. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and you know, it's funny just on that note i mean that is the guy i think that i think of when i say stuff like this he's the guy that comes to mind because him and i practice and we're in the ring uh we're in the ring together thousands of of hours uh, and you know like i said bull bull is one of the only guys ever that can keep up uh with me cardiovascularly obviously rodney Mac and jazz had no problem either but but i'm saying very few wrestlers can go like with me cardio wise and Bull could go, man. He can hang, and again, bull worked on his physique. Uh, I think it's it's probably one of those misnomers that that guys that look like that just don't care or don't try. Uh, it's not the it's just not the case. It's just bodies are different, and I think that's one of my favorite things about wrestling is that big and ugly is just as attractive as you know slim and gorgeous. <laughs> and so I I, th- I think in wrestling that's one of my favorite things about wrestling is just that. That it that it opens that it opens the door to all comers, and we talk a lot about inclusiveness uh, this day and age. And I think wrestling, I would I would put wrestling uh, not as a pioneer, because that would mean they started doing something that they hadn't been doing. But it, it's been status quo for decades, probably centuries <laughs> at this stage. That wrestling's always been inclusive, and I think starting uh, the way pro wrestling started in in a place where they're surrounded—you know it's a bunch of freaks. Yeah, um, I th- I think that I think that it's always kind of had that you know um, us against the world, uh, outside looking in kind of thing, and that's part of what I loved about getting into it is because it was, cause it was a, a something that embraced me uh, for. Exactly what I was. So I, I, again, I that wasn't a I don't know where I meant for that, but it's just something I consider really awesome. I love the business.
2: So right now the camera is just focused on me, and it's not because I'm an egomaniac or that I'm so in love with the way that I look. But we're trying to effort to get DKM in here. So as soon as he gets on, <laughs> we'll go back to the uh, regular uh, stream where it's it's the the two of us as opposed to just <laughs> just your boy Jay. But um, am, am I
3: verbal or can they not hear me? No, yet?
2: no, you're totally verbal. Everyone can still hear you. Okay. So
3: Awesome. Well, where are we going next, Jay?
2: So that takes us to the Empower Pay-Per-View, right? Cuz that's that's only a couple of weeks away. It's incredible how time flies when you're having fun. And this card is starting to shape up. We've got a couple of championship matches on the card. We have uh people showing up from AEW, people showing up from Impact Wrestling people showing up from Ring of Honor so this this pay-per-view is looking very very interesting and um, well look at that, look who showed up there Woo! he
3: is that's him DK's in the house uh, huh? business just did the opposite of picking up
1: <laughs>
3: sorry that made me laugh <laughs> that got me it watch funny. it Frazier.
1: <laughs> I've had a hard week uh, and I have threatened to jump people out of windows seriously so
3: Oh, nice. Yeah. you're in the right state of mind for this show
1: tonight I'm I in the right <laughs> state of mind to do a happy fun loving show
3: <laughs> I'm well, ex- I, mean, I, I, I don't know guys I thought the show was pretty good this week so I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints I have a few but not much
2: We'll, we'll, we'll get to the good and the bad in just a little bit. But let's, again, let's talk about empower because I think we yeah. should acknowledge uh, the effort that Mickey James and I guess Billy Corgan as well. I've heard that it's like, it's kind of hard to tell, right? Because you see Mickey James in front of the camera and she's the one that's talking about empowerment. She's saying that Billy's given her all the opportunity, all the leverage to kind of make the, sh- the show that she wants to make. And we've seen some incredible talents already announced for the show. So of course, uh, let's go with the um, the first bit of the show, which is we've got a ten women invitational battle royal. Now this, we as you guys are all watching this, are probably familiar with, is going to um, basically the winner of this invitational battle royal will receive an invitational cup, and will also have the opportunity to challenge for the Burke the next night on the seventy third anniversary show. And some of the names that have been invited to participate, I think a lot of us already knew that uh, uh, Jamie Senegal and Tootie Lynn Ramsey were like the first two names uh, mentioned. Of course, then they brought in uh, Lady Frost and Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green obviously is a huge name uh, from Ring of Honor, from Impact Wrestling and in a short time with NXT. She's been invited. They brought in the legendary Debbie Malenko. Which was kinda of one of my favorite choices. I think that was a huge pickup for them. I think that brings so much value to the show. Then they bring in a rookie Bianca Corelli, who is better known as Santino Morella's daughter. Santino Morella from uh, WWE Ohio Valley. And then you've got um, Genocide with tar- Fabor
1: Real. What's that? K Faber, Real. The real daughter of
2: uh, Santino Morelli. And yeah. then and then you've got uh, You've got, uh, uh, they've just announced Genocide with Taryn Terrell will be in her corner. And then they just announced um, today, this is, I don't know if it's late breaking news, but Masha Slamovich, who I I don't know much about, but she makes the eighth uh, contestant in this this, uh, 10-woman battle royal. So, I mean, there's a lot of good names in there. It looks like uh, there's some legends. There's some rookies. There's some um, seasoned veterans. This thing's looking pretty good to me. DK, what are your thoughts on this woman's battle royal?
1: Not as good as a cheese burrito. Oh. Uh, I'm hungry, sorry people. I'm gonna be eating your hey. uh Honestly. Nothing I've heard overly excites me or overly disinterests me. It's from the beginning, this has all been more middle of the road to me. Kind of like the champion challenge series where I never quite knew what the rules were or what's going on. I kind of feel that way with this pay-per-view and this Invitational cup where at one time it sounded like a tournament then it sounded like a gauntlet match now it's a battle royal at first it was supposed to feature you know i don't know up-and-comers wasn't the right phrase but you know maybe not you know people who you wouldn't necessarily consider having that chance you know getting it and then it was kind of became mixed so it's I'm, I'm not output by it, but I don't know that I'm excited either.
3: Kevin, what well, are we, we about? just talking about the battle royal? Yeah, just the battle royal for right now. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, it's exciting to me just in terms of that. You know, I, I'm sure they had a, had a had a plan in mind initially. Uh, with being an up-and-comer battle royal, I think that was probably what they thought it was going to be, but then some names started popping up, maybe became available or showed interest or who knows, it might be part of Mickie James' influence that has something to do with some of these uh, wrestlers coming over. Uh, You would be surprised at what what your social connections uh, do in terms of uh, people doing you favors uh, in, in the wrestling world. So uh, to me, anything that increases the validity, the reception, the talent level, um, it's, a, it's gonna it's a good thing. Would I like to see more singles matches out of some of the competitors in the match? yeah, but there's a good chance that that, that this is all they might have agreed to uh, on, on certain terms and again, this is just something that being somebody that, you know, negotiated a mini, mini with a mini of promoter to get what I wanted. Uh, you know, you have no, you, you just never know. They're, they may, they may, this may be all they're willing to do. So, um, I'll take it.
2: And then, um, of course, they're going to be crowning uh, new tag team champions. Now, the uh, original tag team champions um, went away back like in 1983. And the tag team champions that they're going to, uh, crown will be, uh, I guess, again, a little bit too many of the tournaments because this one there, um, this one is going to have a tag team tournament for teams. So it's basically just, you know, single elimination matches. And then the winner of those two elimination matches will be, uh, essentially your new champions. And the, um... So far, the women um, announced will be Marty Bell and Allison Kay making their returns to the NWA as The Hex. And I guess they've been wrestling recently at a Ring of Honor. And then the next team announced is Sahara Seven and uh, Renee Michelle. Um, I'm familiar with Renee Michelle from when she used to wrestle out in the Indies. Uh, she she came out here in Southern California uh, did a few shows with AWS, so I've seen her work. She's pretty solid. Um, not familiar with, at all with Sahara 7, but I, I think she's worked for AEW in the past. And of course, Marty Bell and uh, and uh, Allison Kay, well, gosh, they're favorites from the NWA in the first couple of seasons. So, again, this tag team uh, tournament's starting to shape up. Now, we don't know the other two teams yet, but uh, we hear that Miranda Gordy's kind of talking about. Trying to get on the show. Uh, I know some gals from SoCal who are who are still petitioning, trying to get on the show. Kevin, what do you think about the the, the potential tag team tournaments? What do you think of the ladies that are involved?
3: Well, if you're talking about, so we're talking about Allison K and Marty Bell, which I think are both good additions. Uh, You've mentioned Renee Michelle and Rachel, Sahara Michelle, Seven. Rachel, Sahara Seven. I'm not I'm not familiar with her. Me and those are those are those the two? Are those the two? Women, are those the two teams wrestling, or are there more?
2: There, it's supposed to be a four-team tournament. So those are the first two teams announced.
1: So three matches, yeah. semifinals, and well, finals.
3: Well, and I think that I think just those two teams alone. I, I mean, you can't you can't not like Marty Bell and Allison K just because they're for the modern NWA. They're kind of. A, they're kind of, you know, the originals. So I think that's a good thing. And, and I, know who, I know Renee Michelle, if it's uh, who I think it is.
0: Yeah. Um, it's I mean, who you think she, it is. She might have been
3: on – was she on um, WWE for a short span as old boy's girlfriend, right? Well, that's
2: his legitimate wife.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then it's who I think it is. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I mean, their names, there are people that are, are a legit – independent wrestling draws, so bring them on.
1: DK? Well, I can't say I know much about Renee Michelle or her partner, so I mean, I guess I have an opinion there. I'm glad to see Marty Bell and Allison K back. Uh, going back to something earlier with what Kevin was saying, I do think that between Mickey James, uh, you know, who she knows and who she can talk to help. I also think the fact that this has sold well has helped. I mean, right now, I don't know if it'll sell out, sell out, but I think it's going to be close enough. And so... You know the chance to perform in front of uh, seven, eight hundred people is—you know—I'd I'd jump at that if I could. So and you know uh, I'm happy to kind of see uh, see Allison K back. It, it's interesting that the NWA is what made me a fan of her. Like I had seen her before and I did not like her. It wasn't until she got to the NWA and did some. Stuff for them that I actually started appreciating.
2: So I mean, it's starting to shape up, and then the the card itself is starting to shape up. and And when you look at uh, again those two pivotal matches, because we're crowning a new um, women's tag team champions, something again that hasn't been around since 1983. Uh, that's that's pretty significant in and of itself. The women's Invitational Battle Royal, you get a fast pass to wrestle against whoever's holding the Burke at the 73rd anniversary. So again, that's pretty cool too. And then uh, on top of that, then we also have the knockouts match with Deanna Perrazzo defending her crown against Molina, the former WWE women's champion. There's, you know, on paper, that match looks really good. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Molina, but I know in the past, she's been very competitive. And again, she's a former Divas champion. so, Having this opportunity to put a former Divas champion against the current Knockouts champion, I think that's going to look pretty good on paper for the NWA. And then that takes us to the main event, or at least I think it's the main event. Uh, That would be our very own Camille the Brickhouse defending her Burke against Legit Layla, who won the opportunity to face her at AEW one of the cool things that this match is doing is it's kind of helping to promote the NWA because now AEW's uh, featured Camille on on their programming twice as they continue to mention the relevance of the Women's World Championship from the NWA Um, DK, I know that you're not really sold on this match but what do you think or how do you feel about the AEW kind of promoting this match on their programming?
1: Well, I mean that's good get the word out. Obviously, they've been drawing around thousands, I mean, excuse me, around a million viewers frequently. A million point one or something. Yeah. And so, so, you know, it's good to get that type of type of uh, a message out. Again, I don't know that they'd be putting legit in against their world champion in any type of serious way. But, you know, if it gets out there, if it gets the NWA exposure, especially for this paper to you, that's a good number. Agreed.
2: On all fronts. So, you guys caught me. I'm just trying to count how many tickets are left at the chase. And there's not many. I mean, they, they've sold out quite a bit of tickets i'm sure there's probably about 100 tickets left out of an 800 seat venue um and that's just what i've been told i don't really know exactly how many seats are at the st louis arena uh at the chase excuse me but um it looks like they're gonna have a pretty good turnout for this but um, again i was
1: told 800
2: you were told 800
1: that's what i heard too
2: no. yeah you know but i, I mean I, I as i'm look, been- i'm looking here um, you know, the entranceway part where all the tickets are at, sold out. Um, the opposite side, there's like two seats left. And then uh, on either side of the ring, there's, you know, all those seats are sold out. And then on the corners, there's, you know, probably about 100 seats, maybe maybe less, maybe 75 of people, you know, where there's opportunity for people to sit. So, I mean, they're doing well with the numbers. I don't know what, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to look at everything, but... It looks like they're doing well in terms of the ticket sales.
3: Hey, that that's about as good as you can ask for it to be. Absolutely.
2: Now we we've uh, we haven't been neglecting you guys uh, in the chat. We've just been so busy talking about everything else. So if we can for a minute, let's get to the guys in the chat because they've been saying some pretty interesting some pretty interesting things, and I would like to address some of them. So uh, let's do it. Terry McDermott just wanted us to know that Steven Bonner is mean and wild so I mean kind of thought that but yeah that's awesome to hear um James H Jackson's in the house Uh, Chris Drummond says that he's pumped up for Empower now I've known Chris for some time and he does he's a straight shooter he doesn't he doesn't BS it and he was very disappointed with the NWA's uh, the way that Empower was looking early on but he's He's changed his tune. He's excited about it. So I think that speaks volumes about what they're doing on this pay-per-view that some, you know, diehard NWA fans are starting to turn around and say, hey, this looks actually pretty good.
3: Uh, um, I definitely like what they're bringing up about um, pro wrestling Noah and having a, a... in all Japan, having affiliations with the NWA. I think that, that would be a really good thing. Um, just again, we've seen how much fun uh, collaborations can be uh, with cross-promotional stuff. And it's, it's been a long time coming, uh, that, that companies can work together and we're seeing a lot more of that today than we ever have. And I think that would just benefit the NWA because again, it just gives them the benefit of, of having more names that people know from other places. Uh, and people that view those are gonna view your show. And it's going to just get get more credibility for for what you're trying to do. So, I'm a, I'm am I'm I'm all for it. I think of course the, I love Japanese wrestling too. <laughs> I think right
2: now you're not going to see very many talents from Japan coming here, anyways, because outside of a New Japan Strong, um, it's it's difficult to travel with a current uh, current travel restrictions the way things are kind of set up. I don't think you're going to see too many. Um, you know Japanese born wrestlers in the United States. once they get to here, they have to quarantine for 14 days. so they're not gonna exactly just come over here for a match and then go home. They have to stick right. around. So it's a little bit more problematic getting a talent from Japan here, but not impossible.
3: <laughs> absolutely agree and we've been seeing it happen elsewhere but I also you know that, that actually to me is kind of an incentive to bring somebody over so that you can have an extended period of of matches for them um, that's kind of how it should be you know right well and, and one or two matches isn't as fun as you know
2: a series of matches uh, and Chris, Chris and I were talking offline and he had said something kind of funny to me uh, that if you just follow who um, the NWA social media is following or retweeting that you might have a good idea who's going to show up on the women's pay per view, and he's been about fifty-fifty so far. Uh, it, you know, in in, in in making those predictions, and, and one thing that I saw today that gives me hope, but probably I should dash it already, is uh, is that uh, they have this opportunity, or excuse me, they they've been following um, uh, our good friend Satoshi Kojima who they just recently retweeted what he posted today. So it's like, huh, could Kojima be here stateside to wrestle at the NWA pay-per-view? I mean, it's probably not likely, but something I would definitely like to see.
3: I I wouldn't be surprised, but I think the only negative, the only holdup might be what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Well, and there's still time, though, too. Like, let's look at it realistically. It's August 12th. 14 days from today would be August 28th the women's pay-per-view so I mean if there was anyone coming from Japan they would probably have to get here like now for it to work but um, nevertheless I still think it would be a pretty cool deal if that were to happen DK I know you're not so big on the uh, uh, intermingling of talent I know that you've said in the past that the NWA should kind of stand on their own do you still stand by that?
1: Yeah, mostly I do. But bringing in one-shots for a pay-per-view or something like that, sure. If they're used properly. You know, if you want to bring in Kojima for kind of a Legends match or a special partner, you know, whatever, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, Maybe even a title shot, but... little more iffy than that but i don't like the standard anger when maybe like some people go where oh well we just need we need to be working with these people because Mm -hmm. you know we'll get more exposure or whatever and so what you know like i said kind of what you're saying there is the. Nobody in these places are going, well, we need to work over here. When you talk about some of these big things, I mean, look, there are people that question why AE is working with Impact. You know, and, and the number one thing you have to look at is who's the Impact champion. Right. So, you know... I I don't we don't need to work with other people so that their people can be the top challengers to nwa titles don't need to work with other people so that nwa championships can end up on other people you know that aren't part of the brand you know the the thing with cody was kind of a exception that proved the rule because there was just the history thing there, yeah, father and son and everything. But you know, I wouldn't have been happy if it had been—I don't know Marty's girl or somebody else. You know, sure. Even Jay Lethal, for that matter. It's just—it in, in the end. When everybody goes their separate ways, the fans go with whoever they were with originally. Um,
2: let's get through some more of the comments and then we'll get to power. Thanks, you guys, for, uh, again, being here with us. Um, Willie Bowen says that he prays that Lacey Von Eric shows up and in power. I mean, I think uh, I'm a, I like Lacey Von Eric just like everyone else, but I think she's tied up with SWE currently at the moment, but that doesn't mean that uh, things can change. Um, Chris Drummond says that uh, Impact is focusing on New Japan right now. I think Impact is just working with whoever wants to work with Impact. It feels like that's uh, you know they, they literally are working with everybody who's open to working with them. Um, our, our buddy, I mean, Jay-
1: remember Impact is not has not done well in a long time.
2: <laughs> our buddy Jane says that it he feels that it benefits the wrestlers and the fans to have wrestlers working with Impact ring of honor mission pro etc because the talent sharing and swapping is good for the business
3: well and i would think dk would be a bigger fan of this just because that's how it was back in the territory days this is true uh, to a point yeah, i mean you had your but local, you, know. you had your local heroes and then you had guys that would come in Uh, And wrestle on a fairly long, you know, I would say short term, but we're not talking like for a week. They come in and work for a month or two months or something of that nature. I
1: mean, you know, world class would bring in Junkyard Dog for some of the Star Wars (laughs) events. But, you know, or Carrie would go work, uh, you know, Mid-South for a bit. But even in those you know, Fritz and Bill Watts, sometimes they were good buddies and sometimes they wouldn't talk to each other. And so, you know, even back in the territory days, the main thing you did was you had your core and then you'd bring in people to, you know, freshen up every now and again but yep. you know, or you would send away your top you know, there's a story that Eddie Graham used to call Vince Sr. And he'd tell Vince Sr. He goes, Vince, I need you to book Dusty for a bit. He goes, Because I gotta get somebody else over. <laughs> and as long as Dusty was down in Florida, he wasn't gonna be able to get anybody else over. That makes sense. So yeah, you know, right. Dust, Dusty would break his leg in Florida and then go up to New York for us. Right
2: kind of like what cody's doing right now right like he uh he got beat up by alistair black or whatever he's going by now malachi black he got beat up and then you know essentially took his shoes off and left the ring which is a sign of retirement but a lot of people are just speculating he's taking time off to do tv be with his kid and uh that gives ample opportunity for other talent to kind of uh get to that next level while he's gone
1: well, I mean, he did the same thing with Brody Lee. Brody mm-hmm. Lee destroyed him. He left. He filmed that game show that he's a part of. The game show's filming again. So he gets destroyed by Alistair Black. Yep. And, uh, I mean,
3: it's old school, Devin. Old I mean,
1: school. Yeah, I mean, it's just the you way. Up your alley yeah. uh, you know, Chris Adams was. Was blinded in Texas and at home in England while he was wrestling in California. (laughs) Right. Well,
3: today's day and age, they just (laughs) they just say they're hurt and then go wrestle somewhere else and act like it never happened. There you go. Everybody just still knows, and everybody still knows. (laughs)
2: Our our buddy Luthes says that uh, in his opinion, the Empower tickets were slightly overpriced, and going on sale at the same time as the three other cards didn't help. So he's impressed with the
3: sales so far. Wow, I mean, the fact that they're looking at selling out, I think that's huge. Or close.
2: And then, um, also, uh, Chris Drummond points out that Kojima is stateside for the New Japan (laughs) pro wrestling shows this weekend. I saw that. So that's pretty dope. (laughs) I, I wanted to get out to that show it's just not gonna happen for me this weekend but it's right here in my own backyard and I'm frustrated because I would love to would love to be there it's just it's not in the cards for me um,
3: you know it, I, I think it's worth noting just now that I'm, I'm gonna hot shot you here, Jay, it's still sure. one of my still one of these comments but I, was, I think it's worth noting what Chris Drummond's saying about the FTR1 NW tag titles. I sure hope that's true. Because I love watching those guys wrestle. It's, They've been good since day one, and I don't think I've ever had
2: a bad match. It certainly feels that way. And then when you have them kind of going back and forth with uh, the NWA Twitter account, hey, you know our boss. Our boss knows your boss. Why don't you give him a call? You know, it, Yes, I think at the end of the day, everybody likes that. At the end of the day, everybody wins. But to the point that DK, I'm sure, is about to bring up is what's the end game? So you put the tag titles on them They're going to show up to power Okay, are they going to be regular members of the roster Is AEW going to share them Are they going to defend the NWA tag titles on AEW I mean, it's it's Absolutely It's something that I would want too But like, uh, DK, I'm sure you can explain your point even better What's the end point?
1: What's the end game? No, I mean, I pretty much nailed it yeah, You know yeah, my thing is, not that I wouldn't be excited. I like FDR. I think AEW used them terribly. <laughs> I think WWE used them better.
3: I think NXT it, used
1: the best. And that's one hundred percent true. <clears throat> but uh, okay, you put titles on. Them. Well, are you hotshotting the titles? Yep. Are you going to leave it on them? So all you can do is hotshot it. You can't leave it yep. on them. You know, and so it's a rub
3: for the. It's a rub. For the champions that beat them, that's the that's the only way that that makes any sense for the NWA. Right, in my but opinion. hard to jump on you, jump in on you, uh, uh, Devin. I just I felt like you know.
1: Well, thing. and and I think you're right, but my point is, we can say it gives them the rub, but the truth is, nobody cares after the titles change hands because we watched we watched top champions hold you know titles back in you know the day, and then. They lose it to somebody else, and I mean, if that person doesn't defend the title, if that person has drama, if that person is being booked to have dissension and all the crap that's currently going on with the NWA, nobody will give a shit. Don't say, hey, wasn't (laughs) it great that FTR won it? Who are the champions now, anyway? Right. Well, and I
3: think a lot of that has to do, though, with the NWA, too.
1: Sure. I mean, that puts a little bit of
3: a responsibility on them to to do something with something like that. You I, know, I think there's a there's a two way benefit to something like that because you know FTR gets what they want, which is the NWA championships for whatever reason they want them for, um, but also the NWA gets a, gets a has the has the opportunity to have their champions. You know. In many people's minds the, the best tag team in wrestling today So I mean, there's I think it's a bit Double benefit, that's a situation But again, I think it's case by case Where it really benefits the NWA Especially if they capitalize on Who the, who the champions are after um, But like the other Comment that was made in the chat You know, I don't want to see the 10 pounds of gold On Orange Cassidy, that's another good Point, because I think something like That does not help the event.
2: And, and, and let's be honest, right if you put the tag titles on FTR, you're basically hitting a giant reset button on your whole tag team division anyways, and most of these guys aren't <laughs> locked most of these guys aren't locked oh, under sorry. contract so, I, I mean you know,
3: tomorrow
1: are the police at your house, Kevin? what's that? are the police at your house? I'm seeing lights flash oh, no, it's just
3: something that's on the TV
1: uh, no, the police are watching. My job, not, not my house. That's, okay, that's but but
2: to, to what I was saying is like uh, again none none of the, none of the tag teams. Well, I can't say none, but I don't think that most of the tag teams are under contract. So you know, in six months, the entire division could look completely different. Anyways, so if you if yeah. the plan is to revamp the tag division then it makes a lot of sense to put the belts on FTR and let them hold them while you figure things out or move forward with the next direction but again it's all about is Tony Khan going to allow his talent to continue to appear on uh, NWA programming and if the answer is yes then absolutely it makes a heck of a lot of sense
3: you know it's also a good point to bring up I mean how much have we talked about how the NWA hates tag teams <laughs> and this will be the first really legit tag team that have held that would hold the titles since they've been back because every other team was a throw together and so again I, I just see it as something that could be a benefit I don't see I don't see an Orange Cassidy winning the heavyweight championship as a benefit though no so again well, I think it's case by case you just gotta did, yeah it.
1: there is a difference I mean FDR did hold AEW's tag team titles for a free play before right. losing to you know, the Young Bucks and then basically fading away. But you know, it's not that I'm opposed to them winning the titles as much as it's just not gonna do what you think it's gonna do. You know, for all the people that think, oh, you know, the publicity is stuff like that. You know, I said I go, Cody won the NWA World title and Cody lost the title. People didn't care about the NWA World title that you, you know they did when Cody helped it. They just sure. moved on. It's like, okay, cool. They were Cody fans, they weren't NWA fans, so they didn't convert. Cody wasn't around long enough to convert. We, we, uh, we'll have to agree did, to I, disagree I, I, that
2: he didn't convert some fans because I, I, you saw a boost in the fan base during that time and even after that time. There's a reason why that's well,
1: then watched it all drain away. I mean, let's remember the before COVID struck. The views on power were going down.
2: Sure, but let's and let's so, talk about the uh, views that they were getting before COVID, like when it well, kicked they off. Didn't have to
1: show them. But you had I
2: mean, you had a, that that first taping that they had was sold out. I mean, that was a packed house. There was probably 400 people in that studio, and I I, I know a packed house 400 people. That doesn't sound a lot, but that that's a lot. It was for 200?
1: But okay, 200. I was yeah.
2: there, and I think there was more than 200.
1: They all <laughs> only seat 250, so it wasn't 400. And okay. they said they had, and they said they had 50, uh, about 50 seats still walked off when it was done, because they sold out the second set of tapings at 250, and then the third set they didn't even come close to selling, and uh, and the viewership was going down, like and all that was <laughs> after the Cody thing anyway. Sure. And so. You know, you can't really You can't compare what their show was before Because there wasn't a show before I mean, yeah, they got attention Yeah, they were on more websites And more stuff like that But, you know, people stopped covering them
2: But I, I think too like uh, you, you have to look at it in a different way And, and like you, you know this from being on the Discord server With the This Is Pro Wrestling podcast Those guys Weren't talking NWA with us Five years ago, they they don't know about Rob Conway. They don't know about Jack Stein's uh, title run. They don't know about the deal with New Japan. They don't know about Chase Owens. Or, no offense, but they didn't know Kevin Frazier. The, these guys know the NWA right. because of watching all in and seeing all this defend the title in the Ten Pounds of Gold docu series on YouTube. I I don't think that you could just discredit that as quickly as saying,
1: "Oh no, it didn't convert fans." I I I disagree. I mean, Look, it's a general statement, but you can't tell me that <laughs> in any significant number. We can point to we can point to antidotes anytime. I mean, I can I can say I you know well Bob down the street used to watch it, but he doesn't watch it now for whatever reason. We so we can point to the bearded tree and go, well, they weren't watching it before, but they're watching it now, and you know stuff like that. Yeah. People come, people go. And I'd be gone really if I hadn't been an NWA fan since 84.
3: Now now I will I will want to point out today that DK has murderous tendencies right now. <laughs> that is true. And so and so, you know, maybe just tread lightly.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying if he yes. has if he has to fly <laughs> all the way out here, I mean, that's, I mean, I'll take him out to dinner.
3: <laughs> but, no, I, I think not on a full guys, with me. That, I honestly but, think miss- both you guys bring up great points. I'm going to segue us to the next thing on this. Um, but I, I believe that you guys bring up, both bring up good points. Um, and I think that what it really boils down to is that circumstances, in the right circumstances, it benefits. Just for the heck of it, it doesn't. I bet we all
2: can agree on that. So let's just real quick get more NWA news because we didn't get to it last week. Last week when we were here, the Pope was still your NWA television champion. And of course, the title changed hands on the extra power on Friday. We saw Tyrus win the NWA television championship. And to celebrate Tyrus becoming NWA television champion, I would like to point out that we have a new... NWA Television Title Theme T-shirt. That is the Alliance Wrestling logo, and that is available now on our Shop Zone. You can get that Whoa! shirt, and you can get that shirt, and you could represent not only the Alliance, but you could also represent the uh, the TV champion who currently is Tyrus. And, and it doesn't matter though. I mean, I don't think he's going to hold that title for very long. But uh, the cheap plug for merchandise before we get to the next. To the next segment, and that is we are going to talk about NWA power. Which one? (laughs) We're going to talk about the most recent one that took two days to air. That's how powerful it was. The fights TV system couldn't even hold it in place, they couldn't air it on Tuesday because it had so much power behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was funny. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So this was the conclusion of the champion Series. And this series was uh, basically um, very... The idea of the series was fun. The whole draft, I thought, was very interesting. I thought the way that everything came out was was fun. However, there was just a lot of confusion. A lot of things that didn't make sense to me. Um, We found out on this episode that the winning team got seven title matches for any for any title so basically not only did the captain get a title match which in this case was our good dear friend the pope but also uh, velvet sky would get a title match which i'm sure that will be reconciled later we know that uh, trevor murdoch got a title match the mystery man got a title match jack Sting gets a title match And even Colby freaking Carino gets a title match. So, you know, kind of like the Oprah show, everybody gets a title match.
3: (laughs) Me and DK feel the same right now about Uh, this idea.
2: I just kind of feel like it's a little convoluted. I kind of feel like they could have done that a little bit better. And they could have made that more apparent from the very beginning because it
1: just... uh, I was going to say, now, from, uh, uh, from the beginning... Because they all started out as champions. You notice that the team that won, the guy was no longer the captain, was no longer the champion.
0: Yeah.
1: And and now the rule is that he gets a title match. When of course beforehand, what the rule was was that the champion would have immunity from people the other guys I right. never fully understood it. Or, and that the legend could either have a title match. Or could appoint a title match of their choosing. Right, and, but now everyone gets a title match.
3: Right. <laughs> hey, I, I have to jump in here because I feel like Nick Aldis nailed it on the head in terms of how I feel about this. What is the point of having matches? What is, What was the point of wrestling for the last three months or six months? To work your way up the rankings, to have good matches and position yourself to be a, like a number one contender, when now it's just a it's just somewhat of a roll of the dice, uh, and now just anybody can have a title shot. I just I just think that's that really just makes it mean way way less uh, when you don't now don't have to actually work 100 100% work for the title like work your way up the ranks to get a championship maybe one title match i can see that but seven title matches um well and, and-, and it just it just it like i like nick i just agree 100 percent with nick all this is promo that it's it just uh it just i'm gonna call it i i coined the term off the air i'm gonna coin it on the air it's just billy booking
1: and how do you have seven title matches when one of the title matches would have to be for the still Crown women's tag team championship when there was only one woman on each team.
2: Well, and, and to that point, again, I don't think it's for that match. It's not for that, for those titles. I think it's each person gets to pick the title they de- choose to challenge for. So Genocide could take her opportunity and go and challenge for the tag title, the women's tag titles, or she could challenge Camille for the world's women's championship. Likewise, Jack Stane, might use his title to, to grab crimson and go after the tag titles and get one more shot at at stevens and kratos uh I'm, i would assume trevor murdoch is going to go after the world's heavyweight championship i'm assuming colby carino is going to try to go after that tv title or or maybe even the national title i don't know i don't think he would go after the world's heavyweight champion and of course the pope has an opportunity to do either one of those too. go ahead
1: the only Tyrus match I would look forward to is him falling on top of Colby Cream. <laughs> Oh! So I, I yeah. wanted to get that out there. Yeah. So for ball. all of you who can say I'm a Tyrus hater, well, duh. But I would not mind seeing him fall on top of Colby Cream. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I, I mean, I think, I think we've all expressed our feelings on just kind of the outcome of it. I really did feel like it was, though, a fun series. I do think the wrestling, this is the best wrestling we've seen from the NWA since I've been watching it and covering it with you guys. Uh, so of any power series or of any stretch of power, uh, I felt like this was the best wrestling we've seen. And I really hope they... they kind of can some of the cheesy stuff and spend a little more time in the ring because I feel like they told good stories in the ring uh, with all this. There there were things I didn't agree with. I think Lady Frost and you know, whatever, but all in all, the wrestling was really, really solid, and I would like to see more of that Uh, even though it is kind of, you know, carny. The rules are a little bit carny.
1: A little bit, he says. This this is what I told a friend of mine. I hated everything about the Championship Challenge series, except for the actual wrestling.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. Agreed. I'm gonna call you on that because I'm gonna. I, I can't believe there's not a world that I live in that you can't tell me that Taryn Terrell wasn't charming as heck on the episode that she was featured on the the draft.
1: I hated the draft. I like Taryn. Taryn's a talent i love the characters he's playing i hated the draft with a passion
2: i just want to let you guys know that if you didn't see it james jackson our boy just picked up that new tv title shirt i mean that literally (laughs) went on sale today thank you james we appreciate you picking that out again the link is in the merch the merch link is in the bio you can actually buy that shirt today if you like it and if you don't like it blame kevin um moving on
3: My man, James, way to go, brother. Thanks for picking up a t-shirt. You'll probably see all three of us in one of them bad boys uh, on a show here when it gets colder here in Florida. I,
2: I'm I, I'm looking at getting a monogram and putting some names on the back.
3: I heard that would be pretty cool. Well, we're we, we, like throwing the, and and the idea of jerseys out there. So, I, I, you know, I'm all for it. If i got to pitch in a little bit, I don't uh, know.
2: I was going to put, put modern-day hero DKM and J-Cal, so.
3: Hey, I I dig that But let's get Let's get
2: more into power Because we talked yeah. about the oh, result sure. But we didn't really talk about the matches And I really feel like, uh, again To what, what was being said uh, By both DK and Kevin Is that we had some good matches And even on this week, as much as I don't really care For Kobe, like Kevin, and like DKM mm-hmm. We had some good matches uh, The first matchup Was Tom Latimer who, by God, is probably the most underutilized guy on the roster. Looks like a million dollars. Wrestles just as well. I'm sold. Kevin, Kevin sold me on this guy. Uh, you know, I called him the Tasmanian devil early on in the episode, but I, I think that th- he might just be the best best guy in the NWA right now. And he was battling Trevor Murdoch, who, you know, is, this was supposed to be your traditional Haas fight. This was supposed to be... Uh, a, a good warm-up match for uh, perhaps Murdoch and 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 uh, Aldis down the road. But I'll be honest; I think I'd rather watch Trevor Murdoch and 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 uh, Tom Latimer again as opposed to Trevor Murdoch and Nick Aldis. It with Aldis and again, all due respect to the man, the commentary gets really distracting when him and Joe Galley are are fighting with each other and like we said this months ago maybe even a year ago what's the end game with that I mean is Joe Galli's not going to step into the ring he's not going to turn into a manager so that that to me kind of uh, was off putting and a little distracting but I do feel like the match in the ring was telling a pretty good story and again this probably should have been the main event Kevin I know you're the Latimer fan here So why don't you tell us of what you thought about this match But uh, the end result was Murdoch won with that bulldog off the top rope Kevin what would you think
3: Yeah yeah. I mean I think you took the words out of my mouth We spoke off air that I felt like they had the Really the main events flipped Or the, the opening match and the, the main event Should have been switched Because the game was the same regardless uh, This could have been the match that won it for the team The same, the same outcome of it and in all in all reality and i said this you know what have sal renaro and colby carino done in the nwa to be main event guys they're not even they're alternates and again look i'm not attacking them personally i'm just saying in the context of the show who are they they're jobbers they're they're top, bottom card guys their sideshow, Sal's been a sideshow, you know, and it's not a knock. The match was pretty good. There was some, you know, the the handspring stunner looked like something out of like '95 backyard wrestling. Kevin, but other than that, you know, All, which I actually did
2: Lat Latimer and Murdoch. That's the match we're talking about right now.
3: I know, I know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 making a case for why I felt like that. This match should have been the main event because Dude, these guys were hitting hard. Everything was solid. The ring work was incredible I just think Latimer does things that you just That only really good wrestlers do I won't use the G word and say great But you know just a lot of stuff that he does that you just don't even pick up on unless you're looking for it Um, He just does so things so well. We have a term called Killing, killing dead space, um, or killing dead time, where you do like little things. It's not big stuff. You can't, you're not killing dead time by doing big things or making a big scene. It's just uh, kind of small things that you do to kind of, to kind of uh, connect the moments that you're creating in a match. And man, Latimer is just—I don't know if he if he practices it or if he's a natural because I've seen both. Uh, you know Rodney and I would practice it for two hours jazz would do it in 15 minutes and it was just <laughs> So, I mean some people are naturals at it and get it and some people have to work for it But you know whatever he's doing. I mean he's he's does a lot of things right in the ring I felt like Trevor Murdoch looked awesome in this match, too. I mean big freaking moving uh, He didn't look blown up. He didn't look out of shape, which I've seen him here and there but in that match, I feel like he paced himself really well. And I think Latimer, also a good wrestler. You know, Rodney used to teach me running the ropes that, Kevin, you run the ropes faster than anybody I've ever met. But if you have to learn how to time time with your opponent. And So he would make me run the ropes with, with Bull, who ran the ropes slower. He would run the ropes with me and run them slower on purpose uh, so that it would cause me to have to adapt my timing Uh, To the wrestler that I was wrestling like to the speed and when the speeds are close the match looks really good It doesn't look choppy and it has that kind of flow to it And so when you're a faster wrestler or slower wrestler It's really important that you kind of adapt your speed to kind of meet meet their meet the slower wrestler So that the match has kind of a flow to it. It's probably something you guys never even think about but man, I think Latimer paced the match with Trevor Murdoch and that's why the match looks so good because I know Latimer could go faster but he paced the match so well I felt like the match paced so good and you know this was just a main event and this could have and I'm going to make a bold statement I mean this could have main evented pretty much anywhere if you build these two guys the right way which the NWA doesn't but if you build two guys like this the right way the match they actually had the actual The work rate the actual match could have been put on any show as a main event if the guys were built uh, properly so I was a big fan of this match I loved it and I thought it should have been a main event I probably won't talk this much about any other match so
1: thank you
2: Penta promo aggression DK what were your thoughts on this
1: match (laughs) oh is he done (laughs) Uh, You you
3: learned a lot there DK don't lie
1: I okay. uh, wasn't listening to you, so I probably didn't. <laughs> uh, no, honestly. Honestly. Uh, probably the best match uh, Murdoch has had since their return from COVID. For sure. Definitely. No For, doubt. Certainly the best he's looked since their return from COVID. For sure. Again, no doubt. Apparently we've been to cover with that. <laughs> and... Uh... uh Latimer looked good, he looked good in defeat. Oh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, to go with something that Kevin was saying, I, I don't know what, what people think main events are, anymore. that you go, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna say, hey, we're having an NWA show and I'm selling tickets. And people ask me, well, what's going to be the main event of the show? Am I going to say, oh, it's Kobe Carino versus Sal? Because if I say that, if I start with 10 tickets, I will probably have 12. Or five. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh you know, you know, you will get negative sales if you push that as your main event. If you go and sit there and go, what's your main event? Well, hey man's Tom's Library Strictly Business and Trevor Murdoch Well the people to keep up with the show and stuff like that. <laughs> hey. Now that's something I might want to see. The two big hosses going at each other. And so uh let's NWA, let's get back into the real world. You know, let's let's not call something a main event because that's what we're putting on at the end of the show. It has the drama for who's gonna win this thing and blah blah blah. Come on. You know, let's let's be real. And then the second thing behind that Let's play a little game. Let's play a little game. Seventy-third, Trevor Murdoch wins the titles. Next pay-per-view, could Thomas Latimer be the challenger? Mm. So,
3: well, you guys got my spoiler for who I think the I think the next champ's going to be.
2: One one thing that I thought was very compelling about this match, and we talk about how strong uh, Tom Latimer is, but that pop-up power bomb that he connected with, uh, with 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 big old Trevor Murdoch, and Murdoch ain't a small guy, but he lifted him up like he was nothing.
3: Listen, listen, dude. Let me let me add to that because you are one hundred percent right. Trevor Murdoch can't jump. Okay, people mm. might think that there's some kind of collaborative mm. effort going on here. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch ain't jumping high enough. On there's no way Trevor Murdoch is gonna do be able to do enough. And it's not like he's me, you know. <laughs> there's no way Trevor Murdoch can do enough, you know, can do anything to help Thomas Latimer in that. When I saw that, I was like, that's a grown. Man, because it wasn't sloppy either. Remember, guys, I always talk about this: doing a move and doing a move well are two different things. Okay, anybody can do a move. Okay, anybody can throw a suplex on the apron and almost kill somebody because you suck. But (laughs) dude, but when a when a when a grown man pop up power bombs another two hundred and eighty some odd pound grown man, it makes it look easy. Man, I, I would say that was the move of the night. Move of the show. Probably the best move in the last month. That was amazing. I'm glad you pointed that out, Jack. Anyways, I'm over it. Not really. DK, we ready to move on?
1: We're ready.
3: <laughs>
2: Next up was Mims versus Jacks Dane. Now, this match kind of felt like it, what, it, what, what it was supposed to be. You know, Mims wasn't... Uh, Mims didn't get bullied around as much as Slice Boogie did when he faced Jack Dane. But he certainly did get a beating. Um, now, he he ended up winning the match kind of like on a fluke because Jack Dane had hit the pole and he was able to roll him up for that pin. But t- during the course of this match, again, it was one of those things where, like, Mims tried to do these moves and j- and Jack just kind of beat the crap out of him. And it was it was a fun match. It's exactly how I would have booked this match. I don't think anyone in their right mind should think Mims could beat Jack Stane straight up. It was a fluke that he lost, uh, but that put points in the uh, opposite team column for Idol and Camille. Uh, DK, what did you think of Mims versus Jacks?
1: I liked everything but the ending. You didn't like Uh, the ending? hmm?
2: You did not like the ending?
1: I did not like the ending. I mean, yeah, they gave Jackson out, but... they're they're not doing a good job with a former world champion. No. A guy who was world champion not long ago, a guy that really, if you're going to put him in a single situation, should be a top challenger for the world title. And he's big, he's huge, he could be a monster, he could be a Brock Lesnar type, you know, beast and uh, they just seem determined to have them just be some guy on the roster.
2: Did you uh, Did you see that Swe Fury put their uh, Texas title on them?
1: I did see that.
2: Wonder so, I, I wonder who made that decision. It just seems like a good idea.
1: Oh. <laughs> Cause I've got I reached the point now where I can no longer tell the real world from kayfabe world. So, as of the last show that took place in wherever they were out in West Texas and we wherever, Lacey Von Eric is supposedly the owner and president of SWE So,
2: and and I don't mean to derail the conversation, but Teddy Long's done with him.
1: Yes, he. He left. Of course, Mark Henry had signed with AEW. He was gone. Uh, a couple of others have left. So I do know they had a shakeup behind the scenes. I do not know if Lazy Von Eric is the legit top person. But at least I do know Kevin. I do know Kevin Sullivan is in as the director of operations. And I have no idea if James Baird's still affiliated or not.
2: At least they know how to book Jack Stane.
1: <laughs> yes, they
2: did. <laughs> Kevin, what did you think about this match?
3: I, I'm actually in DK in the, in in DK's camp that I didn't like the ending. I, I thought the match was so predictable that in a match where you just know if so if, if Jack Stane doesn't win this match. That they we don't have, they don't have them. There's there's no like last match, so I think it's pro wrestling, guys. This is where you pull out your, you know, everybody jumps in the ring. The ref doesn't know what's going on. So and so does this. So and so does that. Do I stop the match? Do I disqualify? What do What do we do here? I mean, you got ten wrestlers at the ringside, and you got fifteen minds uh you know booking it. And the best you can come up with is a roll up. In a match that we when he, I mean like did anybody go, Oh what a shock. Mims beat Jack Dane. Like no one was no one should have been shocked because if Jack's loses that I and mean, wins that match, we don't have a a last match to care for.
2: Can I can I throw so, out a, a booking idea? Sure. You know they, they 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 made this. They try to tie it to the guy who was in the match with them earlier, or, or how they were drafted, or whatever. But I think they should have just reslotted and just picked who's gonna face who. And I think for this match, it probably should have been Tom Latimer and Jacks Dane, and it should have been probably been Trevor and Mims. And that way, uh, Trevor gets a win over Mims, and no one bats an eye. Uh, and Tom Latimer beating Jacks Dane again no one's going to bat an eye at that. And you could have excellent storytelling and you could still have the same results where team Camille idol gets a point and team and team uh, Pope and sky get a point and nobody, it doesn't affect the outcome of the show, but we probably would have had better matches and an opportunity for better storytelling. And that's not saying that Murdoch and Latimer wasn't great, but does it really hurt Latimer? Excuse me. Does it really hurt Jack Stain to lose to Tom Latimer straight up? I don't think so. No. And does it hurt no.
1: Mims to lose to Trevor Murdoch? I don't think so. And you know, even even the straight up losses, there are still ways to protect. Sure. I right. mean, he didn't necessarily have to bounce his head off the ring pole, but you know, there's still charged in or backed up or fell wrong, or, you know, some. Well, of all the
3: convoluted, all the convoluted stuff they pulled out over the last few months, this was the time to actually do that. (laughs) To to make it, to make it, it's not so predictable because even if it was the way Jay was saying, which actually I think probably would have given us a lot better matches. It's still, we still would have had the same situation where we kind of think we know what they're going to do and they have to like, you got to swerve us better than that. To get us really to to go, okay, you know, like we know we know it's wrestling, we know what's what, but can it, it may, don't make don't make it so obvious, you know, like this, this was too obvious. It wasn't well, a bad match, was, wasn't the outcome I wanted, but it was too obvious.
1: That was kind of like the last week when we had the the four yeah. way with the alternates, and it was like. You're sitting there going, Well, why is the winner getting seven points, which is more points than you get in a normal thing? And why is the loser losing three? And then they do it, and all of a sudden, you know, this one team, the team that the one couldn't win, well, now they're tied. And it's like, Oh, okay. I see. We kind of have scams to make this competitive. I mean, I'll be honest I was hoping for a clean sweep with uh, same you know with against all this out
2: all yeah
1: and that would have been different
2: and they were yeah. and they weren't on the same page so it, it, like they need the whole time they are bickering back and forth and there should have been some repercussions for that they shouldn't have been competitive you know Aldous made his choices and they should have all backfired it, it would have been better storytelling. At least, as far as I'm concerned,
3: right? No, I I agree. I think we all kind of agree that it was just a little bit too, a little bit too obvious.
2: Okay, so let's move on to the next match, which uh, was actually kind of fun. Um, I, you know, when you tell me that Jeremiah Punkett's gonna be in the ring with Nick Aldis, I don't exactly get super excited, but the way they built this up was kind of fun. You had Aldis and Adonis out there. Again, calling out that conspiracy Corgan and all that nonsense and how this whole championship series was rigged against the world's champion. And out comes Jeremiah Plunkett saying, Hey, you guys are on top of the business. Why are you whining so much? Which is kind of like what everyone was probably thinking when they were watching it. And then you get Sean Devari come out. And the last time I saw Sean Devari was on Primetime Live wrestling against Rocky Romero. And here you got Devari teaming up with... uh, with Jeremiah Plunkett And I thought the pairing was odd as heck It didn't make a whole lot of sense Why they were teaming But I, I rolled with it It was a fun match um, Of course yep. you get uh, uh, Aldous forcing Plunkett to tap out To his Kingslands Cloverleaf Which mo- the majority of his opponents do But it's just an interesting match And it was kind of fun to break up the monotony Seeing the, the world champion And the national champion in, in a tag team We hadn't seen that in a while uh, you know, Kevin, what were your thoughts on this one?
3: Actually, this was, this was not, I mean, probably my, this was my second favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, obviously, I really liked the opening match. But, then, like, I thought this was done well. I, I mean, again, a little bit too obvious in a promo part, you know, just a little bit like, what is random? Both of them are just going to trash talk, plunk it. Um, you know, there, there's a better way to do that. I, I, I'm not spending my mental energy trying to figure it out, but there is a better way to do it. Uh, I probably could if I cared, but but I would say this: uh, when Plunkett came out, I didn't know what to expect about with him on the mic. He was really good. On the mic. not bad at all. Yeah, he. I mean, no, he was good. Like, I mean, he. I, I was. I was like, wow, this guy's value to me just went uh double I say double just because okay. I mean he he sounded like he belonged in the conversation with those guys. Yeah. I thought that was great. I, I was like wow that 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 caught me off guard. Uh to to bring out Davari. Davari's not my favorite wrestler or anything. Um uh, he's a great guy. Uh he's a good worker. He's not great but he's definitely not I mean guy looks like a million bucks. He can work a mic uh, he can work in the ring So I, I think he was a good addition to this show I don't know if he's a permanent addition to the roster But it was one of those things Where it was interesting It was, as you would say, Jay It was good content We yeah. got a good promo from Strictly Business We got a good promo from Plunkett We got an unexpected guest that He got a great promo uh, And then they went out and they had a match And I thought the match was a good tag match It was a, it was a good match uh, There were tags, D.K., uh you know, there was some teamwork going on, even from a team that hadn't tagged before. Um, I felt like all this all this really yeah. looked uh good in the ring this in this match. I felt like Chris Adonis looked good in the ring. It felt like the match yeah. had a little bit of a plan to it, which sometimes mm-hmm. these matches on this show considering their short times, and it's it's TV. Uh, you gotta have a plan. Sometimes it seems like they don't. This match seemed like it had a plan. Uh, I thought the finish was good because in the back of your mind you kind of thought that they might beat Strictly Business here. Uh, so I thought that the, they suspended my disbelief and I was happy to see that the the, the outcome uh, but I was also happy that this was the one part of the show this match and the opening match were the two matches that I didn't 100% know how it was going to go down and I really liked that
2: DK question to you,
1: my friend. Uh, I wasn't surprised by Plunkett's ability to talk because you know, I've watched him in the old Saw promotion and everything. And and this is where people have to just be careful. There's a lot of good talent on the indie thing, especially among some of the better. She's been around a long time. And so... Just because you haven't heard of them or they're old or maybe past their time. I mean, he basically carried Saw on his back for a while.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's true.
1: And so and I think they became New South, basically. There was some ownership changes and stuff. And he was a top person there, too. So uh, I wasn't surprised by it. I was surprised he was... Getting involved with strictly Business, which didn't make ton of sense to me, but hey. I was more surprised not necessarily that uh Sean showed up, but that he kinda showed up the face because I met him behind on MLW, but the last time I saw him, he was a member of Contra on MLW, so <laughs> it was kinda like, okay, this is weird. And like I right, yeah, so like Kevin said, I don't know if he's in as part of a roster or if he's in making a special appearance or or what. So... All right. And then this is some of the problems you get when you are talking about sharing talent or moving talent around or something like that, is consistency. I would hate for him to be in the NWA as a face and a member of Contra in MLW back That's in uh we're talking about back in the territory days they had something like that where Hercules Hernandez came in for sunshine in world class and was a face but he was a heel in mid south and you know it didn't it didn't work because you could watch both shows you know, on syndication here. And so it was kind of like, well, you know, this is weird. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> so, after the match itself, considering it was totally unexpected, and, you know, had somebody who's primarily been used as enhancement, I think he has one win. Uh, it was good. Like Kevin said, they tagged. It seemed like an actual tag team match. And uh, you know it was enjoyable. I I was entertained by it. I liked it. So it ended the way it kind of needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
2: and I don't know. I, I don't think again. I don't. I would have. I wouldn't have hated for Plunkett and Davari to get the win there because it could have set up an interesting match down the road with Aldis and devari And you know, depending on what happens at the seventy third. You know, just a match, just a one-on-one match between those two would still be a lot of fun. But um, that brings us to the main event of the night.
1: Don't um, ever say that again. Man.
2: Hey, I I
1: didn't book it, okay? But this was the last match care. on the you, card. You don't but have guys, to. You don't have to something. buy into the abuse.
3: Guys, I hate to do this. I gotta put you on mute for just a minute. I'll be right back. That's fair.
1: Okay, we'll see so, you later.
3: Okay, I'll be right back. Thanks, guys. Yeah.
2: So that brings us to the main event. Excuse me. That brings us to the last match of the night. And that puts uh, Sauronaro against Colby Corino. Now, this match uh, on paper, I mean, at least there's a build to it. Again, uh, everything that we've already talked about, uh, Kevin kind of nailed it. These are alternatives. Why are they in the main event? Uh, These were supposed to be the alternates. Why are they even deciding the outcome of this show? Um, if you're going to put it as... Uh, if you're going to put this match on, um, at least they could have made it more compelling where Kratos was hurt. Kratos was legitimately injured. So you could have used uh, Sal or Colby in that spot. I mean, of course, Sal was hurt too. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, the, the thing that... Uh, the, the, the match was... It was pretty good. You know, it was the baby face in peril for most of the match. Um, it was kind of weird because the announcers kept having difficulty keeping straight who represented what team. So when it was Colby being the heel and Sal being the babyface, they kept making allusions to like, Well, if Colby doesn't... If Colby... If Sal wins tonight, Trevor Murdoch could get a shot at Nick Aldis. But, I mean, it was just... Those little things like that really irk me. It's like, you guys you got to do better than that. If I can pay attention watching at home, you should be able to do better while you're sitting there. And that's someone who really rep- uh, respects Joe Galley and Tim Storm. I just felt like that took away from some of the match for me personally. Um, but again, we saw the end of the match come when Kobe went down low and pulled out some, uh, pulled out some uh, brass knucks, or, or I think they called them uh, dusty fingers or something, and got the win. Uh, he he cheated to win which kind of tarnishes the whole champion series because the main match uh ended in a in someone having to break the rules to win and uh you know who knows maybe later we'll get a a, uh, a referee's reversal on the decision uh based on that that evidence but what did you think of the match dK what did you think of the uh, end result
1: I mean the match is what it was. I'm not going to tear it apart. I can't say I loved it. can't say I found it overly entertaining. Uh, I didn't like the end. I didn't like, like you said, we've kind of gone through with some pretty clean matches the way, pretty clean finishes. Uh, e- even some of them were protected you know we had to draw and then so to end it like this with guys that don't know you don't know why they're in there you don't know why they're picked to be the deciders other than just the drama of oh look we're you know we're it's gonna be these two jobbers that, you know, make the decision. Oh, oh get shit! Sorry. Uh, so this is kind of where I go back to, I dislike everything about the, about the championship, but champion challenger series or whatever series challenge or whatever. Except for the wrestling, and honestly, the ones with the alternative wrestlers, both the four-way, which I barely pay attention to, <laughs> and this one—they I mean, were okay. They just weren't good. And I don't know why this is what you would want to end it on. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the decisions now. Oh, and I want to throw back something because I kind of forgot about it We'll go first Problem. Yeah, go but for it. But we're talking about Joe Galli fighting, you know, and bickering with Nick Aldis. Yeah. And so apparently, apparently they, whoever's doing this watches too much WWE when, you know, Corey, uh, Corey Graves and Coach would be on together. Or, or NXT when uh, Josh Matthews, and I can't remember who the other person was because I didn't care. You you know, like, they just argue and fight and distract from what's going on. People are stupid, you want, how do you, you want to come across as professional, not gimmicky. We have gimmicky. (laughs) If you want gimmicky, go to WWE, if you want gimmicky, go to AEW. Uh impact just sucks, so I don't know, you know, don't go there. <laughs> uh and no it's not getting better. Stop lying to people. <laughs> uh, not
2: a Sammy Callahan fan, I take it.
1: Um don't get me started on Sammy. And we're putting the world title on a woman. Or Having her only title defense be against another woman. Are you Uh, talking about Kenny Omega? Yes. (laughs) No, I mean, look, I'm not a Kenny Omega fan, but I understand why people who are Kenny Omega fans are Kenny Omega fans. Sure. I mean, if you like that, sure. I mean, he's entertaining in his own weird way it's just not something I enjoy you know I didn't like Home Improvement I didn't like you know uh, well Modern Family you know these were top shows I didn't particularly like them personal taste I'm back so,
3: I just wanted to interrupt DK too
1: yeah, I know, and uh, so you know, I can I can understand why people like them, like them, and that's fine. But NWA <laughs> is trying to set itself back as this mix of modern and professional, and you know, look, and or modern and traditional. And look, I've stated many times there are traditional things I do not I do not like. I do not like the standard tag team thing that the baby face apparel for eighty percent of the match until the hot tag and then either the baby faces is or they get you know screwed. You know uh, I like watching old, old all pan tag team matches where they were more competitive back and forth and everything like that. Unless it was Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. They beat everybody up except for that one. And uh so Despite the way Kevin teases me, there are things I like about modern wrestling. But you need, that they need to distinguish themselves from gimmicky wrestling. They need not to, they need not to be gimmicky. Their announce team should sound like a professional announce team. The ring announcing should sound like a professional ring announcing, And, and being consistent. They should always give. People's weights. So they should always, you know, introduce them in the same way. Not here's one bath where it's like, it's Bob versus Joe. Well, this bath, it's Bob weighing in at 228 pounds versus Joe weighing in at 214 pounds. It's Bob weighing in at 273 and Joe weighing in at 218, which they've done before, you know. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, be consistent, be, be professional, make us feel like we're watching something that isn't WWE, something that isn't AEW light, and certainly something that isn't impact. So, well,
3: not regurgitated versions of another wrestling program.
1: Yeah, and so. You missed my part where I ranted about the fact that Impact sucks, and, and <laughs> that people need to stop lying and saying it's getting better. And so I can't watch that. And and nobody does. <laughs> Even with Kenny Omega's following, nobody watches. But anyway, okay. So let's do all that aside. Let's get back to what we were talking about uh the championship series was stupid we learned new rules every week i think they made them up as they went along i don't think they had a plan it didn't come across like they had a plan if they did uh having that be the final match was ridiculous having it end with you know brass knucks or tape knucks or whatever it was was ridiculous <laughs> jay but, uh, put that picture up <laughs> watch it, Callie.
2: Anyway, <laughs> Kaylee. Yeah, and,
1: uh, I like how Genocide just looks so thrilled to be there. And, anyway, that being neither there nor here. You know, come on. So, so, now that we've seen, you guys can put on good, hard, wrestling matches with strong wrestling, that you have guys who can tell stories in the ring, you have ladies who can tell stories in the ring, you have, what are you doing, Kaylee? And uh, everything. Can we get more of that, less of the bullshit, and, you know, things that build to something, and, you know maybe learn what our pay-per-view matches are going to be more than three days before.
2: You know, the the one or actually two things. First of all, the reason why Genocide looks the way she does in that photo is because she has to touch Colby Carino. You wouldn't be happy if you had to touch Colby Carino. Now, be honest. Second, second, um, you're right. Everything that you just said, you nailed it. They showed us that they can do wrestling the way that we think it should be done. And, I'll, I mean, if you look back if you look back to the days uh, back in March and April and May, when we were very critical of this show, and we said things that we completely, 100% believed, that the product was convoluted, that the storylines were silly or just downright stupid, they've gotten away from that. And I hope they stay away from that. But one of the things that I do want to point out is, is there were people, I'm not going to name names, but there were people who said that, well, maybe this product just isn't for you, Jay. Maybe this product isn't for you, DK. Kevin, maybe this product isn't for you. And I said bullshit to that, just like I'm going to say bullshit to so that then. Bullshit now. This can be a great product. And this championship series showed us that they can do these things that, that are good storytelling and good wrestling so with that being said I'm looking forward to more of this post pay-per-view now we don't know what's going to happen next week we know that uh, the pay-per-view is still about two weeks away we still have uh, what appears to be I would imagine a power surge coming and then we don't really know what's up next so this looks like this is it leading up to the pay-per-view are you guys interested? Are you ready to buy,
3: Kevin? Yeah, I mean, for sure. As long as I don't have to watch Colby Carino, uh, yeah, I'm I'm in. Um, and good thing I did cover some of the opening match at the beginning of the show. That way, I got my got my two cents in there about it. But I'm I mean, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna buy mainly so I can talk about it on our show more than anything else. Um, but I also I do have hope because typically their pay-per-views are better uh, than their than, than power and so I think um, I have high hopes for both shows we'll be watching both and uh, you know I, I'm, ex- I I'm, I'm I'm not gonna tell you I'm ecstatic just because this product has taught me not to get my hopes up too much um, I would rather them surprise me like they have the last month or so. DK, are you in?
1: I mean, I, or anything, when they have the package they you know, because I was do watch them, like Kevin said. Their pay-per-views have been better than their power shows. It still frustrates mm-hmm. me that they don't seem to have the point that so but you know they're selling they sold out the thing so suppose in their mind they don't need to so but it may be different if you go somewhere else I, I, their biggest their biggest benefit to st louis has been the st louis crowd. for sure
2: for sure what would Luthez said it last week and i'll i'll echo the sentiment um, that St. Louis crowd is here to support the NWA and I think that's awesome uh, the only thing that I worry about is and, and, and this is echoing what DKM said a couple of uh, months ago for how long will the history of the NWA carry the brand for how long will the fanboys who travel from city to city be able to continue to do this for each pay-per-view because even though we all love the NWA at some point We can't keep supporting it by, you know, driving to each pay-per-view at at some point. They're going to have to generate the audience to to come and support them. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance blog podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at The Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at The Alliance Blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.